Okay, I'm going to be reading from 1 John chapter 3, starting at verse 18. And I'm going to be reading to the end, to verse 24. So verse 18 of 1 John chapter 3. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Beloved, if your heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another just as he commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the Holy Scriptures, the sacred Scriptures. Thank you that they are God-breathed, they come from you. And thank you they are there to, to help us to walk worthy of our calling, to bear fruit in every good work. So Father, thank you that your word grows us and matures us, it helps us to remain and stay on the narrow road, but it also warns us and it also helps us to examine our hearts to see if we are living according to the scriptures. So Father, please do a great work in our hearts to see if we are of the truth and that we are living in the truth and that we are loving you and loving our neighbour as ourselves. So Father, we just want to thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, and we thank you for the promise, the Holy Spirit who lives in us, who abides in us, who has been given to us to help us and to illuminate the Scriptures, to teach us the truth so we may know what the Scriptures say and how to apply them. Thank you that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, that we are led by the Spirit and not by the flesh. So, Father, again, help me now to be clear and understood as I come to this word. I pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, we're going to continue with calm confidence. And I ask ourselves this question. As Christians, are we living before our Heavenly Father in calm confidence? It doesn't matter what we go through. Do we still experience a calm confidence? We shouldn't be living in trembling and anxiety continuously. When circumstances come our way, they can throw us and they can cause us to become anxious. But underneath that, there should be a foundation of peace and calm confidence. Why? So we can still act rationally. So we can still walk worthy of our calling. And difficult times will come our way. Trials will come our way. But God wants from us to live before Him in calm confidence. Now, when I talk about calm confidence in the context of this passage, I'm talking about if you have eternal life, if you are saved and you are a Christian, then you should have calm confidence 
confidence. I'm not saying imperfectionism, but there should be some form, some experience, and true Christian experience of calm confidence in your heart. If you are walking humbly with God, you should experience calm confidence because this is what God requires of us. Micah has told us. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And if you are clothed in Christ's humility and walking humbly with God, we should experience calm confidence. But I'm going to remind us, not to contradict myself, that this Bible is written for anxious people. But underneath that, there should be peace that surpasses all understanding. And there should be a calm confidence. But we can also create a false calm confidence in our hearts as well. You think by coming to church this morning that you can have now peace and confidence going out there for the week. That's a false calm confidence. God is not a God of performance. You can't do anything to make God do anything for you. What honors Him and glorifies Him and, and pleases Him if you walk humbly and obediently, obediently with Him. If we look at the Pharisees, they were trying to create a calm confidence. Jesus said to them, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Obviously, tithe with mint and dill and cumin, like giving to the thanks offering, is still one that honours and glorifies God. It's still part of honouring God. But that, you shouldn't say, oh, now that I've done my lot today and come to church and given, now I have this calm confidence. That's false calm confidence. The Pharisees focused on the weightier matters. They focused on the things that people would see. Look, I'm here. Look what I'm doing. Look at my robes. Look at all the things I've tied onto my robes. Look at me. I'm this righteous, holy man. Well, a self-righteous, holy man. And if not, not holy, because the way they were. But we need to know that we need to create a true calm confidence in our hearts. How do we know that we have a true calm confidence in our hearts? How do we know if we are living before God with a calm confidence that pleases Him? Well, we looked at one point a week ago, and I'm going to just refresh us of this one point, this one thing that helped us to see if we are living before God with a calm confidence, and if we are, then that one thing we looked at will reassure us that we are living with calm confidence. But before we look at our second thing this morning, let, just, let me remind us briefly of this first thing, this first fact that shows us that we are living for God with calm confidence. And this first fact that shows us is our hearts don't condemn us. As sinners, we are saved by the grace of God, but remember, we remain sinners. And we will find our hearts often do condemn us. So I'm not trying to contradict, contradict myself here. I'm not, when I say that we will have calm confidence that pleases God if our hearts don't condemn us, we're going to see in what context. And it's in the context of loving your neighbour. 
That's why I read verse 18. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. Whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. So if we are loving our neighbour, if we are doing the things that God has called us to do, our hearts should not condemn us. Yes, we will sin. We will still sin, but we can ask God to forgive us. I'm talking about what are you doing in the context of what John is talking about here from verse 11 through to verse 24. And if you want to know if your heart doesn't condemn you, then you know that you will be of the truth. And if you're of the truth, then you can be reassured that your heart before God does not condemn you because you are loving your neighbor. You are loving the people in the church. When there are needs, you are loving and helping. But if you turn your back on them all the time, and you're always saying, oh, I'll help you another day, or I'll pray for you, but you have the needs or the deeds to help, the things to help, the resources, and you keep turning your back on the people, then your heart should definitely condemn you. And you definitely are not of the truth. This whole book is, is, is telling us that we are of the truth. How? Huh? We are of the truth if we walk in the light and we have, we have fellowship with, with, with one another. We are of the truth if we keep His commandments. We are of the truth if we love our brothers and sisters. We are of the truth if we love God our Father. We are of the truth if we believe that Jesus is the Christ and we confess the Son. We are of the truth if we practice righteousness. And we are of the truth if we love one another in deed and truth. And we are of the truth if we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. That's how we know if we are in the truth. Are we practicing righteousness or are we practicing sin? And if you're practicing sin all the time, you cannot be in the truth. And I tell you now, your heart will condemn you before God. But... Speaking to our brothers and sisters in Christ, we're not perfect. There are times when we could help someone and we realize, oh, why didn't I? And this is when we can see that God is greater than our heart. We can go to God and we can confess our God. If we con confess our sins, if we confess our sins before our God, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when our hearts do condemn us, we can be sure of confession, repentance. Because there are times when we will get it wrong. There are times when we will not help someone and we couldn't. Especially in the church. Because this is what John is talking about at the moment in this letter. It's about those in the church. It's your brothers and sisters in Christ that sit next to you, that have fellowship with you, that are around you, that you see every Sunday, and you might see in the community. Those are the ones that He wants you to love and help in, basically, deed and in truth. And if our hearts don't condemn us, then we have confidence before God. Calm confidence before God. And this is so important, especially when we come before God in prayer. If we're loving our brothers and sisters in Christ, 
This will produce calm confidence towards God, and confidence towards God gives us boldness to pray to God. So this first fact, our hearts don't condemn us. If it's true of us, then it shows that we are living before God with calm confidence, which pleases Him. But let's look at our second fact. Our second fact that shows us that we are living before God with calm confidence, that pleases Him, is our obedience to God's commandments, which we read in verses 22 to 24 of 1 John chapter 3. Now the beautiful thing about this letter, John has given us three tests. The one is the doctrine test, the theology test. And that is, we must believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That's the first test to say, to tell you and I if we are of the truth. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He is the Christ, that is the theological doctrinal test. You pass that. But then there are two other tests that you have to pass. It doesn't just stop with knowledge. The second test is a moral test, a godliness test, a bearing fruit test, doing good works test. And that is, we must obey God's word. We can't say we love God and we disobey His word. And then the third test is a social test, a relational test. We must love others. And isn't that what God teaches us? To love Him with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. Once we believe in Him, He points us directly to the, the first commandment, which is to love Him with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. Learn to love Him so that He can then teach us the second commandment, is to love our neighbor as ourselves. So if we love Him with all our heart, with all our heart soul, mind and strength, then we will be living in obedience with Him. And then it will flow down to loving one another. So there's the theological test, the moral test, and the social test. How are we doing with those? Because the perfect companion of faith is obedience. We need to know that we are saved into an obedience of faith. Romans 1.5 talks about that. Romans 15.18 says this about obedience. We're not saved to live as we please. We are saved into an obedience of faith to walk humbly with God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, says Paul, to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. Obedience is so important to our walk with God. And if we are living in obedience, and we are obedient to God's word, then we will be living in calm confidence before God. Not perfect you will have an underlying calm confidence in your heart. And we should be looking to Scripture because that's where God's Word is and that's where He helps us to live in obedience. 1 Peter says this about our obedience. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 starts here. Whoever desires to love life and see good days. Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous 
and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Yeah, is what we want to see this morning. If we are living before God in faithful obedience to Him and His Word, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and His ears are open to their prayers. How can we expect God to hear us if we're practicing sin and calling ourselves Christians? Because this is what verse 22 of 1 John chapter 3 says. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him. Because we keep His commandments and do what pleases Him. What is keeping His commandment here in this passage is to love one another. What pleases God is that we're loving our brothers and sisters. We are helping them with our resources, meeting their needs through deed and truth. This is what I do all the time. That's why I arrived this morning in a Ford Mustang. Because God says if you pray to Him, you will receive anything. That's how I live. Why aren't you guys living like that? I'm only joking. This is not what it says. You can't expect to do things for God and then expect to get something from Him. That's why I disagree with some of the one or two things the messages I sent with what was going on with that steering committee. You cannot do something with God and expect to be rewarded from Him. It doesn't work like that. You do something for God and you leave it up to God if He's going to reward you or not. I don't come and preach every Sunday thinking that I'm going to get a lack of reward during the week. I don't know what it is, but that's why I do it now. Hopefully you don't come to church this morning to think you also want to be rewarded for something great during the week. It doesn't work like that. God is not a God of performance. And even if you look at the prayers in the Bible... To see how God answered prayers. Don't even try and copy their prayers. That was for them at a specific time. There are principles to learn from those prayers. But they're not in for me. I can't go take some of those prayers and say, hey God, He prayed it, now help me if you're this great God. How can I speak like that to our God? He's not a God that we can just click. We need to know that we need to live in obedience for God to listen to our prayers. Because if we think that God is going to just answer our prayers because we are living in obedience and we're doing what pleases Him, it's a big mistake. Because God answers prayer is not on a conditional basis. And if God just answered our prayers every time we prayed and gave us what we wanted all the time, me tell you now, we would only pray for the things that we want we would become very selfish Christians, praying for our desires and not forgetting about our brothers and sisters out there. What John is really trying to say in verse 22 of 1 John chapter 3 is that it's not our obedience to God that earns us brownie points, but that our obedience is evidence that our great desire in life is to do and to have only what is pleasing to our God and Saviour. That should be our greatest desire. Like someone said, this beautiful quote, someone said, our obedience to God's commandments reveal that our will and God's will are in harmony. That's the beautiful thing. That we are in harmony.
God's rich blessings and answered prayer is surely one of the greatest blessings. But there are never rewards for service rendered as if we could earn or merit anything from God. God is otherly. He's beyond us. He's transcendent. But He's also our compassionate, loving Father who cares for His children. Like when that, when in, the, in the Gospels, when they talk about if I ask for bread, He will not give me a serpent. If I ask for fish, I think He will not give me a scorpion. God always gives us in His time what we ask for. Sometimes He doesn't. Job had to wait a very long time for God to answer his prayers as he cried out to him, as he suffered. I always believe that those who honour God, God honours them. And it's good that we can, we can honour God through obeying and keeping his commandments and living before him with calm confidence that pleases him. And verse 23 tells us, what God's commandment is. And this is His commandment, that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He has commanded us. And we know that living obediently before God, keeping His commandments and do what pleases Him, is hard at times. But we need God's grace and we need each other. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another just as he has commanded us. That's beautiful to see that because, like I said, once you believe in the name of the son Jesus Christ, then you're going to go straight to loving God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And then from that it's going to flow to loving one another just as he has commanded us. Those are commands. Those, those are commands that we obey out of obedience. And to believe in His name is to confess Jesus' person and works. It's to believe in His virgin birth, His sinless life, His crucifixion, His burial, the resurrection, His ascension. And God delights in answering our prayers when we love like his son. Because that's the commandment he gave to us. I give to you that you love one another that just as I have loved you. You also ought to love one another. God is so gracious and merciful to us. But we got to know that we got to be on his terms. We got to submit to him. And we've got to know that if our hearts don't condemn us, and if they do, we confess our sin, we can still go to God with boldness and we can pray to Him, knowing that we will receive from Him in His time. Again, He might not answer our prayers because He knows you're not ready for the answer. Always using your circumstance to grow you and transform you more into Christ-likeness. Through suffering, we learn obedience. Through suffering, we learn to love. Again, just reading around, someone says this in such a beautiful way. There can be no obedience of God's commands if there is no love for one another. There can be no love for one another 
if people close their hearts to those in need. And there can be no confidence when approaching God in prayer when people close their hearts to fellow believers in need. The absence of love reveals the absence of faith. A true Christian obeys both the commands to believe and the command to love. And it's done not perfectly. Are we living before God in obedience so that we can live before God with calm confidence? Like someone says, in this world, such responses to loving our fellow believers will always be less than perfect and tainted with sin. But our continuance in loving our fellow believers is all the important mark of genuineness. That we keep on trying to love our neighbour. That we don't just stop and turn our back on them. And that's what John's trying to do. His main purpose in this letter is to enable us to distinguish those who claim to live in God but do not practice righteousness but those who do and those who practice righteousness. Because if we are practicing righteousness, if we, are, if we do believe in the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, whoever keeps His commandments, then abides in God and God in Him. And that's what John said in John 14, 23. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. If we walk in humbly and obediently with God, God abides in us and we in him. Isn't that amazing that we once were enmity, we were once an enemy, we were disobedient sons of, of wrath or children of wrath and God in his rich kindness saved us through son Christ Jesus and he can come live in us and us in him and he's given us his spirit he's given us his spirit that's what this says at the end of verse 24 we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us that his own spirit God himself comes to live in us to help us not for us to exploit him or to do funny, fancy things. It's God, the Holy Spirit, God, the Word, working together to help us grow and mature in Christ Jesus so we can live godly lives out there. Be the salt and light. Just like the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus and helped him in the wilderness and helped him in his ministry because he was truly man and truly God. And in truly man, he needed help. So the Holy Spirit comes upon us and he helps us. So that we can live obediently to these commands. Give it our best. But if your heart condemns you, then you do not live in obediently before God. The, the, the beautiful thing, just to, just to backtrack to, and whatever we ask, we receive from Him. Because we keep His commandments and do what pleases Him. How often we just think we can just go to God and ask for stuff. And we actually haven't checked ourselves. God is more interested in, in who we are and what's going on in our hearts 
than what we're actually going to say to Him when we ask Him in prayer. How can you be angry with someone and then just suddenly go and think you can pray to God and ask Him for something? That's not obedience before God. We should confess our sin. We should check our hearts, our, our whole being before we come to God. We should humble ourselves. We should come in fear and trembling. We should come terrified. We're falling before the Creator God. And we should examine our hearts. And if there's any sin in our hearts, we do exactly what John has told us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so that we come before God's throne cleansed and righteous. And now we can ask Him. Because our hearts don't condemn us now. We need to ask ourselves why there are times when our prayers are not answered. It's because we don't come to God with obedient hearts. We just think we can just fall at His feet without examining our hearts to see if it's a heart that will honor Him, a heart that He will hear. Because this exactly, if I turn back to, um, I don't think I, I read it, if I can find it, um, I, can't, I can't remember, I read it earlier on. Um, I'll come, it will come back to me. But if there's inequity in our hearts, God is not going to hear us. We need to know that. We need to know that. But let us, let us remember that if we are walking obediently before God and, are, and our hearts are, are, are obedient to God's commands, then God lives in us. His Spirit lives in us. His Spirit indwells us so that He can help us to love God and love our neighbor. That is so important that we're growing in our love for God and our love for one another. It's so important that, that what God sees, He looks at the heart. He's not going to look at what you wear today. He's not going to look at what you've done. He's not going to look at your bank balance. He's not going to look at what house you're living. He's not going to look at what car you drive. He's not interested in that. When you stand before Him one day, all He's interested in is your heart. Your character. Did you honor me with your lips or were your heart far from me? How did you live? How are the fruits of the Spirit going on in your heart? Are you cultivating goodness, kindness, love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, faithfulness? That's what God's looking at in our hearts. He wants us to, to walk humbly and obediently with Him. So if we, are, if we are loving our brothers and our sisters in Christ when needs arise and if we are helping them and we are meeting their needs then it shows we are living before God in calm confidence. It shows our hearts don't condemn us and it shows that we are obedient to God's word, to His commandments that is to love Him and love one another. And as we come to the Lord's Supper, we must be reminded that Jesus shed His blood on the cross so that we would be saved, and that's it. No, that's it. We would become His workmanship, creating in Christ Jesus. God's workmanship, creating in Christ Jesus, to good works, to do them. Which He prepared beforehand, that we would walk in them. 
And walking in good works is loving one another, meeting their needs. And that's what we should be doing. If we are living before God in calm confidence, then we are loving our brother. And we are meeting their needs. And then we can live before God in calm confidence that pleases Him. Let's examine our hearts this morning. Let's see, are we walking obediently before our Heavenly Father? Because we saved into an obedience of faith. To not live in the old man anymore, but to live in the new man. We are new creation and we walk in newness of life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you that we can just open up your word, allow it to correct us, allow it to rebuke us, to exhort us, to teach us and to train us in righteousness. Help us, Father, please, to, to examine our hearts and hopefully our hearts don't condemn us because we are giving it our best to love our brothers and sisters in need. But also help us to walk in obedience to your word, to your commandments, that we would live faithfully in them and, and obey them. Father, please help us. Please help our unbelief, help our unfaithfulness, Father. Please forgive us for we do sin. But be merciful to us, Father. Teach us your truth. Unite our hearts to fear your name. Turn away our eyes from looking at vanity and revive us in your word, Father so that we can find gladness and joy in Jesus Christ alone. But Father, I just pray and ask you, please be merciful to us as we look to you for wisdom and guidance, to walk in calm confidence before you that pleases you. But Father, please help us. I pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.